Why, hello there. It is episode number 215 of the OnVine Media Podcast, Things You Need to Know. Um, so it's been a while since we had an opportunity to talk to you, and I want to get into that a little bit. Um, the last few episodes, we've had Josh Michaels join us, and I've had a lot going on in my life, as many of you know, and so I want to get into that, and I just sort of thought it it might be unfair to ask for Josh to join me in talking about something that is so personal, and we are going to get real honest. I'm recording this on April the 12th. And it is my 45th birthday. It's been a bittersweet day, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. I have been derelict in my duties of talking about our sponsor, the Richmond Family YMCA. They have been so busy doing so much good work in the community. And I know Misty understands kind of the the situation that I've been in for the past month, but I, I do know that when it comes to uh, being progressive in coming up with programming for adults and children, when it comes to childcare to help families with dual incomes be able to also have a safe place for their kids to be after school, Richmond Family YMCA knocks it out of the park. And everything from their fundraising event that happened at the very first of April, all the way to scholarship assistance for membership, it's just really important to know the work that the Richmond Family YMCA does because sometimes it just kind of flies underneath the radar. My family is still members of the Y, and one of the reasons is because when you're a Y member, you can go to any YMCA in the country, get a little pool time. Um, if you're doing any sort of traveling in the past month with spring break, coming up for summer break, and you need to get away from the kids for a little bit and get a little workout on, sure, you can kind of do it by the hotel pool, but what's that going to do you? when you can jump in a YMCA pool, get the workout in. By the way, mentioning the scholarship assistance for membership, talk to Garrett at 962-7504, area code 765. There are also some senior fitness classes that are being offered. On Tuesdays at 10 a.m., they have a strengthening, strengthening class. And on Thursdays at 10, a boom, move, dance fitness class that's taught by Karen Riddle. So, uh, richmondfamilyymca.org is a great website for you to go to to learn more about all the different programming that they have available. I would also encourage you to follow them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I appreciate the the YMCA. I know my son has um, utilized their building and, and working out and doing those sorts of things, and um, uh, it's just really appreciated. So, Without further ado, and man, I hope that that covers our bases over the past month of missing out on the Richmond Family YMCA, but I really do believe in them, richmondfamilyymca.org. Okay, it is my 45th birthday, and I'm recording this at about 7.30 uh, Mountain Standard Time, which would also be Pacific Time, so about three hours behind a lot of you that listen on the East Coast, and uh, we've not done a podcast since March the 13th. And a lot of you know why I have been preoccupied uh, with dealing with the passing of my mom. And I make no bones about it in any way, shape, or form. Proud of it. Will wear the badge or the sash, whatever it is. I was definitely a mama's boy. And as we were recording the podcast a month ago, 
it was clear in talking to uh, the doctors and the hospice nurses and the folks at the Leland where mom was staying in assisted living, it was clear that she was declining in health. And it was happening quicker than what we thought. She was diagnosed with cancer in January and uh, decided to not have any chemo. Um, she was a 55-year smoker, if not more than that. Hell, I don't know. She knew that the cancer was aggressive. It was in her lungs and her liver and in her brain. And she did have some radiation to try to shrink the tumor in the brain just for quality of life. But even at the time, uh, the Reed Palliative Care said, you know, two to six months. You know, those of us that have known my mom, Phyllis, for a long time, knew that she was a modern medical miracle and had been through a lot of pain, a lot of surgeries. She was suffering a lot. What ended up happening, uh, I feel really blessed about, which was we got this kind of overtime period. It really made conversations with her on the phone. It really made visits with my sister who would fly up with her whole family from North Carolina and spend the weekend. Uh, my brother, uh, Brian, who lives in Fountain City with his wife, Rachel, and some beautiful girls, they, they really stepped up and were there. And what we all found out was having the time to say goodbye is a really important thing, especially after she passes and you're left sort of trying to figure out what are the next steps. And so many of you that are listening to this have had someone with cancer that has passed. That's nothing unique. I think I saw a study that said one out of every two of us, half of us, have someone directly related to us, immediate family that has gone through some bout of cancer, okay? I think she, as a registered nurse, always knew that she didn't take care of herself and and that's just what happens. You kind of thought that mom would pass suddenly, that it would be a stroke or a third heart attack or something that would take her immediately. And Having time to be able to say goodbye, to have closing conversations, it, it was really helpful. The other thing is, is that our parents are not supposed to outlive us. You know, the natural state of things is that our parents go, and when that doesn't happen, that really upsets the apple cart and causes a whole nother series of emotions. So I can't say that my mom passing is the reason why I haven't done a podcast in in a month. It's kind of hard to do this and not sitting in a chair and coming up with things to talk about, but just trying to figure out, is what you're doing right? Are people enjoying it? Do they listen? How do you make it better? How do you make it snazzier? Uh, I travel a lot for work. My work is about a 45-minute drive one way. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I hear a lot of really good things. And to try to emulate that or impersonate that, it's a lot more work than what I feel like I've got the time to do. I have so much enjoyed having Josh uh, do the podcast with me. 
he's going to be as surprised as everybody else that I'm dropping this here on my birthday. But I've had a glass bigger than I should have, glass of uh, some apple crown. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna do something and talk a little bit about my mom and then talk about this podcast and what the hell do we do with it? What would be a really good way to stay connected with people on the East Coast? I think I started doing the podcast as a big fuck you to the radio station that I worked for. I thought that my time in Richmond, Indiana was a little bit longer than what it turned out to be and that I was going to show them that I could do this thing without having to be connected to a transmitter. And we've made some money doing this. It has supported me, that and the other work that I've done. When I moved out to Arizona in October, I had sort of a part-time job. And I have business with clients on the East Coast, and that has really supported me. I certainly couldn't have just done a podcast and been able to provide a living for myself. But doing a podcast... um, at the rate we're doing it, <laughs> once a month, isn't going to pay the bills. I, I have wanted to do that and continue trying to do a podcast to not grow it as a business, but to stay connected. And I think um, getting away from doing things that are hyper-local, which is what my radio show was about for so long, and being so focused on how to make Richmond and Wayne County, Indiana better, and then moving to Arizona, it is wildly arrogant to live 2,000 miles away and think that you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the local community. And I've talked about this a lot with other people and also kind of on the pod that, you know, you can't be Indiana-focused, you can't be... Midwest focused, you can't be national or international. And so the idea was, all right, well, let's just have some fun. Well, again, having fun is hard. It is easy to sip on a little bit of whiskey and just talk without really having an outline, without figuring out how to find the ins and outs and working with a partner. It's it's not easy to do Unless you have the time to put into it. And and right now with the podcast, I, I just... It's kind of like the third job that I have. And I'm not just bitching about it, but I, I need some advice. I need some help. Um, I need to figure out what to do here. So what's interesting is that we haven't done a podcast in 30 days. And these numbers are not going to necessarily... Uh, translate to what they might have been if I was on the radio. In the last 30 days, we've had 436 downloads of our podcast. But we are inching close to 20,000 downloads. And so to not have any new content and have 436 downloads, (laughs) I don't know what you people are doing. (laughs) I don't know that I would want to go back and listen to stuff that was so time-focused. Maybe we should just talk about funny stuff and not really worry about it being attached to um, a specific moment in time. I like doing things you need to know. I like 
little trivia, little nuggets, little things that help you engage in a conversation that is more than just, how's the weather? How are the kids? You know, something that is kind of fun, uh, gossipy, uh table talk and things that you can do to engage others. So I've been thinking about the podcast. I've been thinking about our daily debate question that we do on the Onvine Media Facebook page. We get a lot of activity on it. I kind of like having the questions and bantering about. We've we've tried to steer clear from some political debate, if you haven't noticed. So daily debate may not make as much sense as it might, but we still have fun with it. And I still find a couple of hours each week to find content and to match it up with what might be, uh, you know, different holidays or that sort of thing. So I guess I'm asking for a little bit of guidance. One thing that is interesting, while we did have 436 downloads, not a lot of people reached out and said, hey, where are you? We had uh, a few have, a few have done it, but I think the people that know how to reach out to me or do so on a regular basis kind of know what I was going through and they kind of knew what my family was going through and my kids by the way kids are amazing I am floored with how this person and and for those of you that may not know let me lay out for you how my mom was integral to the growing up of my kids and probably sacrificed being a 100% shareable grandma with my brother and his girls or my sister and her kids because my mom lived with us, okay? And and some of you, especially ladies, are like, ooh, ooh, the mom moved in? Well, in all actuality, I was always the bad guy in my house um, with my ex-wife and mom. Those two... They were simpatico. They were on the same page, and I was the jerk that would come in and always blow up, blow up, or blow a gasket, or do something that was really not going to ever get me Dad of the Year honors. So it worked really well as a family. Uh, my ex-wife at the time was really trying to grow her career in education, and had classes and PTA meetings, and was an administrator, and all of these sorts of things. I was jumping in every side hustle I could find from doing social media, to being on city council, to doing a radio show, to trying to sell insurance. I mean, I'm just, let's just say I've not had a very straight path when it comes to career choices. But mom was always there for the kids. She was a registered nurse. She worked part-time. She took the kids everywhere. You know, you have that mom taxi thing. Well, Phyllis was the GMAC. When, When her little Hyundai... Elantra rolled up, there's probably a cigarette hanging out of the window, and you knew that she was there to participate. She never missed anything that the kids were in. She never missed anything that I was in. She was just a rock. And so my daughter pointed this out to me. I get back to why kids are so resilient and strong and smart. Not just my kids, your kids too, I promise. My daughter said, you know, when I tell someone that my grandma's dying, there's this detachment that there was seeing grandma three or four times a year versus what we were having, which was an every day in the morning, at the evening, my mom was always there. And she said, she's not just a grandma. She was more than that. 
And to have the clairvoyance of a young adult understand and appreciate the value of that is, you know, it just, it just makes you proud to be a parent. And it makes you understand that even young adults or preteens, they get it. They're not um, oblivious to death and pain and sorrow because they've got it in multitudes and in things that happen through their through their lives growing up. It's tough being a kid, right? So I'm really proud of them. And while this is my very first birthday of not having my mom, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but I had a really good day. Uh, some people said, do you take your your... Are you working today? Do you take the day off? Why? It's like the easiest day in the world. People are nice to you. You can kind of get away with whatever you want. You could leave early if you wanted to. You know, you they made cupcakes for you, and you get a card, and everybody's just generally nice. So why would you take off your birthday? It was a good day, and I just, I'm not complaining here, but maybe you feel something that I do when you're involved in social media and your birthday pops up in either the email that comes from Facebook or you start seeing all these notifications. So last night at about 9 o'clock, 9.30, my time, I start getting birthday messages. And back from my political days, I don't allow people to post to my page. You either have to tag me in a post or send me a message. And I don't know why I haven't fixed it, but I just haven't. And so... What ends up happening is on your birthday, at least for me, the phone is nonstop. Nonstop. So I thought, okay, so instead of all of these messages coming in, here's what I'll do. I'm going to make a post. I'm going to give a shout out to my mom. I'm not going to be sad about it. I'm just going to offer up a birthday wish that basically is, if you haven't said I love you to someone that you're either in an argument with, a fight with, someone that you haven't spoken to in a while, fix it. My birthday wish is for you to fix it. And it's going to sound odd and it's going to feel weird, but just blame me for it because it was my birthday wish. And by God, you need to help people with their birthday wishes. And, and then laugh about it, have a toast, and try to bury that hatchet because it's too important to let it slide. And here's why I mention that. My mom carried grudges. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm not sure that she's ever, even in heaven, is ever going to forgive some people that wronged her. And some of those people were very important to her life. Brothers, sisters that never got to see mom to say their last goodbyes. And I feel sorry for them because it, for whatever reason, it was just too weird. It was too uncomfortable. And you got to get over that shit. You got to say, I love you and I forgive you to the people that matter. Because at the end of the day, all we have left are the memories, maybe a few keepsakes and what was important. I got to do this. I got to do this before we sign off on our podcast. And I appreciate you listening, by the way. Um, I may, you know what? Let's pause for a moment here and I'm going <clears> to <throat> wet my whistle. Cheers. I cannot tell you 
And for those of you that listen that are in the Richmond-Wayne County area, we've heard all of the Reed Hospital stories. We know them all. We've heard the negative stuff. We've heard the weird stuff. We've heard the non-profit, for-profit stuff. I want you to forget all of that. And, and I've been very critical at times. All of that I want you to wipe away when I tell you about the care that the Reed Hospice team and Dr. DeSantis, who was a family friend and worked with my mom for years in a nursing home, that hospice staff, unreal, unbelievable. I respect what they do on a level that is unrivaled. Nurses are nurses, I get it. But when you choose that career, when you choose that path, when you have to hand a pamphlet to someone that's a family member that's holding the hand of their loved one as they're watching them die and they chronicle and stage what are the next steps and it happens to a T, you got to give it up for that. And uh, Reed Hospice... I will be eternally grateful for how great they helped my mom go from bad to worse to death. The only people that I would put above them, <laughs> and I know I just said unrivaled, the Leland legacy, the staff of the Leland, led by Amanda Marquis, it's just... Oh no. Amazing. There is a reason that the Leland Legacy never lost a resident to COVID. Their staff took care of the residents, did everything that they could do, and they extended my mom's life by two years. I, I believe that with every amount of my being, that without them, she would be gone at 72. I didn't promise I wouldn't cry. I didn't promise. But um, that staff, well, let me say it this way. If you give a damn about a loved one, but you know you can't take care of them yourself, you get them into the Leland. Okay? What else you want? <laughs> what else do you want? Um, finally, Stiegel Bearhide Orr Funeral Home. Matt Stiegel and I have had some wars now. I mean, um, we have argued and fought and kissed and made up and argued and fought and kissed and made up. Matt and the team at Stiegel Bearhide Orr, they um, held my hand in walking me through what happens after your loved one dies. And there needs to be a book. Is there a book? Is there at least a podcast on how to deal with death? I, I mean, there's got to be something. All the boxes to check. All the things you need to do. And Matt was right there. They helped um, come to the Leland and and take mom to the funeral home. Uh, in fact, right now, as we speak, she is in some container. Ready for me to come home and pick up. Which leads to another question. Is it possible to carry your mom as a carry-on on the plane. So I wanted to mention the obituary. 
and um, I can read it for you if you want. I've got to try to not get emotional doing it. I've read it enough times that maybe I can get through it. But before I read it, um, what Stiegel, Bear, Hydor did is they laminated copies of what was in the newspaper and uh, sent me a bunch of copies that I've been able to send to some family. And let me also say that uh, we haven't had a funeral service for Phyllis yet. I just didn't think it was a, a good timing. Not enough people have been vaccinated. There's a whole lot going on. My son's graduating from high school. My niece is graduating from high school. There's people that need to get on with their, their summer vacations. My sister's got stuff going on with her kids. We're all busy. And that's not to say that we wouldn't drop everything to be with Phyllis. But I talked to her about this and she said, I don't care. I don't care when you have a service. I just need to get into the ocean. So we're, we are, are not having a memorial service till maybe September. So um, I actually worked on a tribute video and started writing the obit the week before I kind of got the siren call that said, you need to, you need to get home. I, I started writing the obit and putting together a tribute video. Now, the video was not finished because she hadn't passed, but I knew how I wanted the video to end. And that was with... Um, having mom who was driving the convertible midlife crisis that I owned for a couple years. I wanted to have mom, the last shot of the video, driving at sunset in the convertible. She had her little sun visor on and some hair flying around. But I wanted that moment to end the video. Pastor Chip Belanja at First English was talking with my mom and I the last couple of days that she was alive. Must have been March the 15th. And uh, he asked her, how do you want to go out? How do you see yourself going out? And mom, uh, very lucid at the moment and really with it, goes, I want to be sitting on the top of a convertible, my hands stretched out by either side, and me shouting up into the air, how do you like me now? And we all laughed about that because it was pretty funny. She also was upset that Pastor Chip was not the male stripper that she ordered. But that's a whole other story. So later that same afternoon, evening, she was angry. I think she was kind of angry that she smoked as long as she did. I think she was kind of angry that she didn't go snap. I mean, when you work in long-term care in nursing homes and the work that my mom did, you just saw people hanging on and people trying to get their family, loved ones to hang on. And it it turns out to be a, a just a, a real depressing thing. And so she had always kind of wanted to go pop, and that be it. So she was angry about that. And I said, can I show you a video? And as morbidly as that sounds, I played for my mom the tribute video. And she just loved it. And she laughed. Playing that for her gave her some real peace. After that is really when things started to fade. It was almost like I read her mind. How crazy is that? About the obit. The reason why the obit is so out of the ordinary is because Phyllis was so out of the ordinary. Um... And 
it's kind of boring to talk about a person about where they were born and who were their parents and how many times were they married and how many kids they have who are the survivors that's not about the person and this is just me but i wanted it to be different the obit i wanted people that didn't know her to understand her the family that we have as dysfunctional as families are they know who the survivors are but does it really matter what year my mom graduated from high school i couldn't even tell you for certainty how long she was in the navy so there are some details that are with mom at steagle bearhead or probably in a ziploc bag or something in a box uh we may not get a total picture that said though I got a lot of compliments about the obituary because if you knew her, you loved it. If you didn't know her, you kind of loved it. And that was the whole idea. All right, let me read to you Phyllis Maria Quinn's obituary. Phyllis finally made the obit section. She was an avid reader. Most medical professionals are especially those in long-term care for seniors. They look for recognizable names or faces and try to fit in those final pieces of a patient's life and who they were before they got sick and old. It's a puzzle, and Phyllis loved solving puzzles. There was always a puzzle book tucked under our arm when she stepped outside for a cigarette and a Diet Pepsi between Law & Order episodes. Sounds easy, But life was hard for her. Phyllis could put in a 40-hour work week into a weekend. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. How about we start with the edge pieces and work our way in? Phyllis Maria Quinn was born August 10th, 1946 and died March 17th, 2021. Her life was complicated. Phyllis was an incredible nurse for 30-plus years, but a terrible patient. If you needed five bucks and all she had was four, she'd run to the car and get the rest from the ashtray. If it didn't come in a box or a freezer bag, she couldn't cook it. Yet her holiday seasoned snack mix is infamous. She spent hours creating plastic canvas novelties and sold them at street fairs, but rarely charged enough to even pay for the booth rental. She married three times, divorced three times, was the mother of three, grandmother to ten, and a mom taxi for all of us. She always cared for others over her own health, and over the years, she offered some life hacks that we need to share. These tips aren't destined to change the world, but put these to use, and you're going to live a full life too. She'd hate this, but the working title is the philosophy of life. Take frequent breaks. Go sit on the porch and have a smoke. It's a good chance to spy on the neighbors. If you're supposed to be somewhere by 4, better leave by 2.30, even if it's only a 10-minute drive. It's better to be an hour early than five minutes late. Never throw away margarine containers. The only acceptable answer to a grandchild's request, Why, sure! 
For perfect pizza rolls, cook the entire bag at 425 for 20 minutes. If the roof of your mouth isn't burnt after the first bite, put them back in. Got a pile of something of any size or shape? Well, Rubbermaid makes a tub for that. You only need one winter hat. Knit your own and wear it every day. Builds character. If the gas is under a third of a tank, consider it a crisis and fill it up immediately. Want to get a full night's sleep? Lay on one side and keep one foot out from under the covers. Finally, you can never have enough pens, highlighters, markers, or scissors. We're going to miss the peccadillos that made Phyllis a daughter, sister, veteran, registered nurse, mother, farmer, grandmother, college graduate. Yes, these are in order. She received her degree in 2001 at the age of 55, businesswoman, retiree, and a modern medical miracle. Phyllis had a medical history longer than a pharmacy receipt and fought through unimaginable pain with multiple surgeries and extensive rehabilitation. She always battled back. And while some of us will say that cancer took her life, that's just fake news. The tumors didn't take her from us. It was just her time, and she'd rather be early than late. So that's our podcast, episode number 215. Thanks again to the Richmond Family YMCA. I don't know about you, but I feel like this was a good therapy session for me, and I appreciate you downloading and listening. I don't know if we're going to be back next week, next month. I just don't know. But I do know this. It's great to have you there. Ready to listen.